Real Nerds is a proud partner of the Denver Podcast Network. In the shadow of the mountains, we speak. You're listening to Denver Orbit, featuring voices. I'm going to give you an awkwardly long and uncomfortable list of reasons why you shouldn't shave outside. Stories. Now, he was very outspoken about the effects of, of war on himself. The music from Colorado's creative community. Listen at DenverOrbit.com or on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or most other podcast apps. Oh, hi, podcast listeners. There's many ways you can listen to the Real Nerds podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes. You can also subscribe on Stitcher Radio. You want to send us a Twitter message? You can do that. It's so easy. At Real Nerds. Like us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. You can visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com, where there will be a lot of articles for you to not only read, but to listen to our previous shows. You can also call us, 720-6-NERDS-5. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Hi, this is Brian. No, that's this is my announcer voice, and you're listening to Real Nerds Podcast. Should I do this as my real self? Oh, shucky darn. Hi, this is Brian Cummings. You're listening to Real Nerds Podcast. Okay, do it straight. Hi, this is Brian Cummings, and actually you are listening to Real Nerds Podcast. Send money and real estate. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast at Denver Pop Culture Con. I am Ryan, and the only other person with me today is Brad. It's just you and me, man. It's all right. It's like the old days. Yeah. Where we're living the dream, just you and I. Remember in the old days we used to podcast from restaurants? Yeah. Yeah, we are today. We're, uh, what's this one called? Pines Pub? Yep. Pines Pub in downtown Denver. It's right in front of me. <laughs> um, but I, you know, I want to make sure I give brad the attention he deserves by you know him being my guest and sitting across from me and the reason we're down here today is we are at dink denver which is denver's independent comic-con basically a lot of local artists and we have a reconnect with uh, our buddy zach howard and you might know him as the artist on the cape and the wild blue yonder great artist did some awesome spider-man covers and also did some ninja turtle ones i know i bought one of uh, his initial uh, books today number 69 <laughs> <laughs> but he's a cool artist like uh that one's sweet where all the ninja turtles are jumping off like a rooftop looks good um so yeah and we also met our buddy jesse from eighth wonder press um our buddy ian was also there ran into uh, a lot of people dan crozier and elise Sargent. they've been on the show before they had a booth uh yeah. Lots of fun. Brad, you got a better burger is what it called? Uh, like a better burger with like, instead of two T's, two D's. Mm. Yeah, it's um. Looks like Canadian bacon and blue cheese. Nope, not blue cheese. I didn't do, subject you to that. It's a, uh, shoot, I think it's just um Havarti. So, yeah. Nice. Is there ketchup over there? There is ketchup over here. Let me hand that to you. I don't know if this is supposed to have ketchup or not. I apologize if anyone's <laughs> cringing on the <laughs> listening to this right now. But um, 
Yeah, so we, we did Dink today, and uh, James and Zach are out of town. Yep. So we decided, let's do the show from downtown at the at the con. But the con's really busy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was hungry, so here we are at uh, Pints Pub, which is a great English pub nearby that I haven't been to in a while. Make sure you shake that ketchup. You're yep. going to get nothing but that is juice. tomato juice all mm. over my Canadian bacon right now. Um, so yeah, we're going to do that in the regular show today. Yeah, we also talk a, every week on Real Nerds Podcast. We see a new movie. We podcast our experience of the world. This week we saw Hellboy, the rebooted Hellboy. Stay tuned to the end of the show where we will tell you if you see the movie or not and then spoil the film as well. Let's talk about movie news, movies that are coming out on Blu-ray, and movies we watch throughout the week. Anything else new happening, Brad? I don't think so. I think we should just jump into it. Cool. Here we're going around town with Brad. Hey, film buddies, follow me around Denver. Uh, so this week uh, is the drive-in again, and the lineup's the same. Captain America, Captain Marvel, or Captain America. <laughs> Shazam, Captain Marvel, and Isn't It Romantic at the 88 drive-in. So uh, check that out. It's a fun lineup. And uh, actually, while we're going around town, we should remind people that May 8th, we have a live show. Is it May 8th? Sixth. There we go. Wow. I keep looking at the poster in my head, mm. and I guess the six is an eight now. Yeah, so we'll be there live. Um, we'll have some fun and games to play. Uh, we'll talk about the genesis of the podcast. Um, it should be lots of fun. It's at Possibly the Bug Theater. some guests. Possibly some guests. <laughs> it's at the uh, Bug Theater. Admission is free, but um, make sure you buy some concession- concessions to support the Bug. Yeah. And um, it should be a good time. Buy a beer. Buy some Twizzlers. Beer and Twizzlers. I think that's... <laughs> A perfect that a combination. Um, well, you could bite the top off and the bottom off the Twizzler and use it as a straw to suck your beer up. Mm, I wonder what that's like. We'll call it a Twiz beer. Strawberry? Strawberry? Ooh. See, you just come to us and we give you gold. It's like I should tell Ryan at the cutting room for Fuller Brewery to mix strawberry Twizzlers and, I don't know, <laughs> an IPA. See how that works out. Because he usually does stuff like that. And just be like, do it. He made a fireball... Uh, brew for the John Glyde Van Amsterdam band. Yeah, what did it taste like? Like a fireball that was sitting in a bottle of beer. <laughs> so cinnamony beer. Yeah. And that's okay. Well, thanks, Brad. I don't think we have yeah, that's what's going on right uh, here. a Corinne one today. Yeah, I don't think she sent it to Thank us you. yet. Our server's doing a great job, and we requested this table totally out of the way so we could do this. <laughs> And she's like, I guess. Actually, she was super nice about it, and she's checking on us. Yeah, it's, it's, we're the worst. Yeah, we are the worst. But the people like next to us, you didn't hear them, but the dude was like, Ugh, so it's always my fault, huh? Well, let me tell you something. We're going to go there, and I'm going to go there with you. It's really weird. They're, they're having like this really quiet argument about how he gets treated by his girlfriend. Were we like privy to a possible breakup? Is that, <laughs> I don't know. Is that maybe that was? Maybe like, they broke up, and they were trying to get back together? I but. don't know. I got really uncomfortable because it's a weird conversation to have in a restaurant. Yeah, I'm glad we moved. And literally, we weren't even like separated by a wall. We were sitting. It's like we were at the same table with them. Mm -hmm. It was weird. But we're here now. We're in a totally alone space up on the second floor that I've never been into before. So yeah, we got a great lookout. We got the uh, wonderful British Isle flag looking at us. Um, I was telling you earlier. I feel like I'm in Edgar Wright movie. And I I concur because, you know, it's like. We went to the con, got our things, now we're here, 
and I'm just waiting for some end of the world apocalypse to happen. <laughs> this really is like the, the world's end pub. It really is. You, that is a good choice, yeah. yeah. Or maybe the first post. <laughs> yeah, because it's definitely not the Winchester. It's too bright. The Winchester is more of like dark wood up in yeah. it. So, um, but it's a good place to come down here. Like the wings are really good and the service is re- they're really nice. Uh, so, you know what? I'm going to check real fast to make sure Corinne didn't send us something because I'd be feel like a jerk if she did. And then I didn't um, mention it. Uh, that's uh, negative. Oh, looks like Corinne has a Catching the Classics after all. Hey, nerds. Corinne here for part 19 of Catching the Classics, where I watch famous and popular movies I've never seen before and send in my review. This week, Terminator 2, Judgment Day. Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. I don't know. Um, so let me just say right off the bat, I have not seen the first Terminator. I haven't seen any of them except for Terminator Salvation for some weird reason. I think my family was going to see it and I got dragged along for some reason. I don't remember much from it other than Christian Bale and Sam Worthington are in it. Yeah, that's really all I remember about that movie, but... Um, I just kind of knew about this movie, though, just from, you know, everything in, like, social media and pop culture, and so, like, I knew Arnold Schwarzenegger was the Terminator, um, but I knew he was the good guy in this movie, whereas he's the bad guy in the first movie where he's coming after Sarah Connor, um, so, like, the whole reveal, because that first... Uh, spoilers everybody the first part of the movie it kind of presents it to you a little bit ambiguously of whether Arnold Schwarzenegger is like the bad Terminator or if he's the good guy because I mean I assume that based on you know everyone's experience from the first movie that people would automatically think that Arnold Schwarzenegger was the bad guy and the other Terminator I think it was T-1000 or something. Anyway, that the one who's, like, dressed like the police officer the whole time, um, that they would assume that he's the good guy, and then, of course, it flips the expectation on you, and it turns out that, no, actually, Arnold Schwarzenegger is the good guy in this movie, and the other one is the bad guy. Um, So, yeah, I knew about that. I knew that it ended with his character quote, dying or being terminated in the pool of molten lava or whatever that was. (laughs) Really, really hot metal. Um, Yeah, knew Sarah Connor was in, like, the mental institution and everything. I I really just knew too much about this movie. And um, so how did I feel about it? Um... Honestly, it felt really long to me. I don't know. I was just... I felt like some of the action scenes just dragged on and on and on and on. Especially the last one, because it's like... They run away from the building, and they're in the... They're in the van, and then they get out, and then they're in the truck, and then they get out, and then they're in the... You know, the molten lava factory, or whatever it is. They're in the metalworks factory, and then they're running around, and... He gets hit with a thing, and then he gets back up, and she shoots the one dude, and he's... And it's like, oh my gosh, it just never freaking ended, I felt like. Um, One thing I will... I think the... Not the best part of the movie, but what I really appreciated is I think they gave you enough that if you hadn't seen the first Terminator, you got the gist of what was going on, and, you know, it wasn't, like, too much 
exposition or too little. It was like just right, just in like this Goldilocks zone of you felt like you knew what had happened previously, like you got a good idea of, you know, the fact that Arnold Schwarzenegger or like a Terminator that looked just like him had come back before and like tried to kill Sarah and the whole thing with her and Kyle Reese and the whole Cyberdyne Skynet and the world ending and yeah. Also, man, they really love shots of little kids getting blown up on playgrounds, don't they? I think that there was like three different little sequences in the movie where a playground is either blown up or is already destroyed. What is it with kids and like blown up playgrounds and stuff? Anyway, um, I liked, I think Arnold Schwarzenegger gave a great performance. I mean, he's just, he's just kind of like stoic, like he he really does feel like a robot for the movie, but you also kind of see a little bit of like personality starting to come through and the whole, you know, I know now why you cry, but it's something I can never do. And like when he was like, hasta la vista, baby. And yeah, um, the kid, I mean, eh, whatever. I didn't feel like he was great, but it wasn't like shitty either. Um, don't remember the lady who plays Sarah, but I thought she did a good job, so. Um, yeah, I think the biggest thing, the thing that I hated the most about it was that it felt so long. And I think I might have watched, like, the special edition or something. I don't know, a friend lent me the DVD, so that's what I watched. I didn't watch it on, like, Netflix or anything, but, um, I did like the kind of second act where you started to see... Um, John Connor connect with the Terminator and kind of, you know, fill this kind of role of, like, therapist, guardian, sort of father figure kind of thing. Um, and, like, those two sort of bonding where he's teaching him how to be human and so. I I like that part. It did, it kind of felt a little bit like Iron Giant to me, but whatever. (laughs) Of course it did. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, sorry, it's me, but I'm just like, oh my gosh, the action sequences felt so long, and um, the effects held up pretty well, I'll say that. Um, forget the guy who plays Miles Dyson, but thought he did a good job, too. Also, that family got over the whole, like, fact that she shot him and tried to kill him in his own home in front of his family thing really fast. Just saying. So, I'll give Terminator 2 three and a half stars. I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> if you if you want to do the full star system, round it up to four, I guess. I I would probably watch it again, but I don't know. Maybe I wasn't just in the right frame of mind because I just felt like it was very long. Like two and a half hours, which is, is, is pretty long for a action movie, I feel like. So, I'm thinking next week I'm going to watch Night of the Living Dead. Maybe. Probably. I have to see if anything's falling off of Netflix, but I'm thinking Night of the Living Dead will probably be the go-to. So, talk to you all later and hope you had fun at whatever movie you saw this week. Bye! Um, Alright, well. But yeah. So... What's next? We are going to talk about movies that are coming out on Blu-ray and Ultra 4K. 
that maybe you want to purchase. DVD releases and Blu-rays. Oh, I do. I want to purchase. I, I did read an article on um, the digital bits where I was talking about that Blu-ray sales are down, or I guess just home video sales in general are down 50% than they were in 2014. And it still generates something like $15 billion a year, which is a lot of money. But when you start doing half as much as you used to, it's going to make people notice. I will say this at the same time, though, but studios also haven't given us like a super cool reason to purchase them besides owning them. I mean, the Marvel doesn't do the one shot anymore. And Kevin Feige said it's because they're too busy with their um, studio. Their main stuff good. And that, I mean, I get it, especially uh, when we get to news. I'll, we'll talk about other stuff. But uh, it, I mean, it's probably not going to go anywhere, but it might be start being a niche market <laughs> like uh, vinyl or something. Yeah, we'll probably just see a bunch of uh, like indie companies doing physical media soon. Yep. But as long as I can still get it, I don't care. If they want 4K to take off, they really need to invest in their uh, catalog titles. Yeah. Because, like, it's, you know, obviously because, the I mean, new stuff's going to come Lionsgate out. Lionsgate does. I mean, Lionsgate puts out the weirdest 4K movies. Yeah. I'm blown away. Like, Star Trek is, like, historically, like, fans keep coming back to buy it. I, or I guess they're not because. You know, but they they've invested almost no money in upgrading that, even on Blu-ray. Yeah, so. that's kind of weird though, because that seems like a a group that would. I mean, just like Star Wars or something, you know? Yeah, like there's always fans there, but you know, if, if they didn't invest in Blu-ray, they probably won't. Like, I'm not going to buy more Blu-rays. I'm going to if I'm going to do that again, I'm going to go to 4K. So they I don't need see any 4K, 4K TV shows yet, though. Are you talking about the movies? The movies. Oh, they might eventually. Actually, like, uh, Discovery's probably shot in 4K. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm sure it they is. They downgraded to stream it. Oh, I'm sure it's shot in 4K and then put up into 2K. Anyways, this is what's coming out. Speaking of 4K, Karate Kid is coming out in 4K, which would be fun. I don't own that yet, so maybe I'll get the 4K version. Um, M. Night Shyamalan's Glass is coming out. Will not be buying that. I will never buy that film. Every time Shyamalan makes a movie, I'm like, okay, I think Split's enjoyable. Um, but then you see Glass and you go, oh, so basically you're doing exactly what you did in Lady in the Water where you're calling your audience stupid. Um, and, you know, I think you did the same thing because you went to the Shyamalanathon. I think that's what it's called at the Alamo. Mm-hmm. And I actually just watched them at home. I watched them Breakable and then Split and then I went and saw Glass. And you can see <laughs> the trajectory or the free fall from his films. It's like you spend, uh, uh, you want to pick up my phone for me? I just threw it at you. Um, he spends so much of his films like reiterating that you're dumb if you believe this. And he spent two films and we know what's happening is true. Yeah, in the, in the Q&A, um, he, uh, he acknowledged that he had fallen from grace, I guess. Mm. Uh, and he's climbing his way back and he's really just kind of into doing the indie split style stuff. You know, glass on a tiny budget. But his other thing was like, you know, it feels like Glass feels like a guy who likes comic books but doesn't read them. Yeah, I agree, hundred percent. That's exactly what it is. And uh, it, like his main focus is like he said, with every movie he makes, it's all about like something about the mind because his wife's a psychologist or a mm, psychiatrist or something. He should be a better writer then. Maybe yeah. he should have his wife take a pass at the screenplay. Um. Also, uh, Hard Ticket to Hawaii is coming out with a dude wearing a baseball hat. Wiping his brow with two hot chicks with a gun in his hand. Have you seen it before? No. The the 
the clip I haven't seen it yet, but I'm gonna watch the, the Alamo. Um, like this guy throws a frisbee at some dude. Uh, oh, I have like, seen that's yeah. from that movie. Yeah, and like cuts his fingers off with it. <laughs> yeah, that's like um, where have I seen that? That's used a lot as maybe on Conan O'Brien. I've seen it. I don't know. I think it was one of those um, like don't talk, don't text, don't talk, don't text. Oh yeah, Alamo it definitely things. was. Yeah. Um. From Screen Factory, uh, Superstition is coming out, which I've never seen. The cover is sweet. It's like, it looks like Death holding a dead body. Death, like, as dressed up as a cloak. The Grim Reaper. Um, Justice League versus the Fateful, Fatal Five is the new DC animated movie that is coming out. And I read a review of that. It says they say it's pretty good. Uh, Criterion is releasing Diamonds of the Night. Uh, the Kid Would Be King is coming out on 4K and Blu-ray, which I actually kind of enjoyed the film. I think I was the only one who saw it. It's a cute little, like, uh, a cute little fantasy movie for kids. Universal is digging into the well, and they're releasing House Sitter with Steve Martin and Goldie Hawn. There's a film coming out called Supercock, and on it there's a cartoon rooster that looks like the rooster from Family Guy, but he has boxing gloves on. Oh, I thought he would have a cape. Um, it's from 1975. Um, I actually like the... So they have Supercock is the name of the movie. But underneath it says Foul Play, Bet to Kill. But Foul is spelled F-O-W-L. No, I get it. So I kind of like it. It's rated PG, though. Oh, so it's not edgy at all. No. There will be no cock jokes in it. Yeah, it doesn't even have a synopsis for it. So I couldn't tell you what Supercock is about. Sorry, Brad. I know you're disappointed. Mm, sad. <laughs> and that's pretty much all that's coming out on Blu-ray. And now it's time for Real News. It's Real News. A couple big things this week. I don't know if you know there's this thing of films called the Star Wars and uh, they went ahead and released the new trailer for the Star Wars. Here's a trailer for Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. We've passed on all we know. and generations live in you now. But this is your fight.
Uh, pretty dope trailer. Yeah, I'm in. For like a, a movie that's still eight months away and just giving you a little taste. Well, I heard this is the, like the latest in the life cycle that we've been given anything about. Oh, yeah. It has to be. Um, you know, I, I bet it's a lot like uh, the Marvel movies now where characters are only given the scenes that they're in and they're given a general idea of what the film is happening. And I always thought it was amazing when spoilers for Avengers or Star Wars aren't spoiled by special effects people. I wonder if there's a huge, like, no disclosure thing, and if you release anything, you get sued, like, big time. Yeah, probably. Um, but, you know, it's awesome. It opens. I love like, I love the character of Rey. Oh, so badass jump. So the jump at the beginning where she's, <laughs> like, baiting the TIE fighter to come after her is sweet. Um, then you get glimpses of... Which I think might be Kylo's custom TIE fighter. It might be. Which I think makes me think that might be part of the finale of the movie maybe because she's know, alone and like he's just constantly tracking her there's also that sweet shot of him repairing his helmet with the red hologram him. Um, did you look at his hands oh no i didn't see they're it. furry really yeah so it's it's probably like some alien minion he's got but sweet yeah i thought it like i was frame by frame watching us like wait a minute either he's like wearing a furry coat mm. or yeah because he wouldn't have black fingers either but yeah um but they have a sweet shot of a the death star in Oh yeah, the ocean parts of the Death Star. Which um, I guess there's there was there were other Death Stars yeah, because but, why would a piece that big not be on Endor or Tatooine? But where did they blow it up at the end of uh, Return? Was it Endor? Endor, yeah. I mean, I guess there could still be a C and C and end on the planet. I guess that's of Endor. true. And never like because we're all so used to like sci-fi planets always being like one environment. Yeah, like, it but would I mean, have a, it'd have to have water because there's trees and everything. Yeah, I guess it could be Endor. Yeah, so I mean, it it it'd make the most sense. It's fun. And then, I mean, the big reveal is Palpatine is laughing at the end, which, I, I mean, I, I don't care. Um, I don't think he's going to be in it. I think he's probably a force ghost just like uh, Mark um, Hamill or Luke. Yeah, I, yeah, it could be somebody. I mean, he could just be a ghost because, I mean, obviously. Or a flashback, I guess. Or a flashback. Um, or maybe he lived because, I mean, all we know is he was thrown down Into by Vader. Life. Plasma, fire, right? Yeah. Yeah, so you never, I mean, who knows? Maybe he levitated. And and then got blown up when he was on the Death Star. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or maybe he got out. You never know. Because, I, I mean, if he's that powerful. But also, um, he's just been ha- hanging out, not doing anything for like 30 years. <laughs> yeah, and remember, too, though, he was trained by Darth Plagueis, who learned how to cheat death. I don't remember that being in the any of the trilogies. Well, he says that when he's talking to Anakin, when Anakin um, is they're at the... They're at something in Revenge of the Sith. Oh, like and, the opera or something? Yeah, the opera. And he says, you know, he had a way of cheating death, too. Oh, that's right. So maybe he knows a way to do it. Hmm. Be interesting. Yeah. Maybe he can turn himself into a bolt of lightning, like <laughs> Thor. Uh, so we got, we've got, like, body possession in Star Wars now? <laughs> Why not? It's true. I guess if Leia can float away from debris Sorry. and survive. Uh, but, yeah, I'm on board. There's something else. Theory wise, oh, um, the title, the like the rise is a weird way to, I don't know, title a, a finale when something's like starting. It um, is, but I was thinking, and this just me thinking off the top of my head, and it could be totally wrong. But now that there's really no more Jedi, it's only Rey, and she took the books with her, and then the Sith is really just Kylo because Snook is dead, even though he really wasn't a Sith, I guess. Um, yeah, but I guess I'll just have like a Darth name. So yeah. Um, so I'm I'm thinking that maybe instead of Jedi's and 
Sith, it's going to be Skywalker is like the new name of Jedi. Yeah, because like the in the end of the last movie teases like you know anyone. Mm-hmm. Not late. Well, I guess the prequels there were Jedi's that weren't Skywalkers, but um, it does seem like it's a. Actually, I was going to say this too. I feel like they might be taking a page out of the Dark Knight Rises, where it's like it's going to be about an ideal and a symbol mm-hmm. called Skywalker, like Batman is at the end of that movie. See, that's what I'm thinking because. Yeah. I mean, what Skywalker is going to rise? Unless Leia survives. Leia, or if we find out that maybe Rey really is a Skywalker. Which I feel like would be lame at this point. Like, huh, psych. Mm. It really was the whole time. Seemed kind of lame. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, what's cool about it, if you read Ryan Johnson, they asked him if he'd be bothered if it got retconned what he did. He said no. He said each movie's its own. If he can tell a story, it's about telling the story. So I'm interested to see. I mean, I- I'm on board. I mean, I was on board before they released a trailer, obviously, but... I knew it was going to be good. I guess, too, also because the Phantom Menace introduces the idea that Anakin was like a virgin birth. Mm-hmm. Maybe Rey is, too. Yeah. So she is a Skywalker, but... There is a comic that came out and they explain Anakin's birth. That he's not like a miracle birth. He was put like... He was put in there by Darth Sidious. I can't remember. But the Star Wars comics are canon now, and it's it's a real thing because it's in the Darth Vader one. So I forget the actual explanation. Hmm. So yeah, no, I'm on board. Yeah, I can't wait. Be awesome. Uh, also, this week Disney announced its plans for Disney Plus, their new streaming service, six ninety nine a month. That's super cheap. And I mean, or you can buy a full year for seventy bucks. So you don't have to pay it monthly. If you do the monthly, it's seven dollars a month or seventy bucks for the whole month. Um, which they have a lot of things open. They're going to put all 30 seasons of The Simpsons available right away. Um, I remember that was a big thing. Like, what are they going to do with The Simpsons? And I forgot. Was there a Fox app? Uh, I don't know. Because I, I know they did that for their thing, but I'm mm-hmm. like, I can't even name a Fox streaming app. No. Unless it was just the website. So that'd be sweet because I hope they do, you know, Family Guy and all that other stuff where it's in one spot. Um, I'm always going to own the physical copies of them as well because you never know if they're going to take them off yeah um but i think it's kind of cool and the price is so cheap and they're announcing so many different shows like four or five marvel shows like two star wars shows. two star wars shows um a couple uh the sandlot is getting a show so i think they're hitting on the right uh we're doing awesome thank you they're hitting on the right chord I think between nostalgia and new stuff where um, eventually I guess they're going to have their whole library available, uh, which the only thing that scares me is, is are they going to make it where they're not going to make physical stuff anymore and you have to, to watch their stuff, you have to get their streaming service. I don't think they will because I think they uh, Disney realizes that they always want to have that. Um, it would be kind of insulting to the creators who yeah. like, spent so much time mastering things for the theater. Mm-hmm. Because now the scuttlebutt right now is that um, before um, Rise of Skywalker comes out, is all four uh, all the movies are going to be on 4K, and it's the original films because they didn't want to go back and remaster the special editions. How much would that suck if they finally released the original like unedited trilogy in 4K, but it's only available online? Oh, I'd cry. I'd cry. <laughs> <laughs> 
That would be like the mm. biggest slap in the face. I don't think they will. I know Disney lately on their um, animated films, so the Walt Disney uh, Signature Collection, they carry over all the special features that were on the Diamond ones, but they only make some of them available uh, digitally, which is fine because as long as they have the commentaries and the storyboards and stuff on the discs, then that's fine. I don't care about like go behind the scenes with the voice of Ariel to see how she sings. I don't care about those special features. Um, I'm more interested in the making of it. Mm-hmm. And I thought the new trailer for The Lion King was amazing. The The animals look incredible. They look incredible, but I also think something's... Hello? I think my thing cut out for a second. Oh, okay. Um, but I think there's something lost because it's, like, too real. Mm. Hello? 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 You know, it just looks like real animals in a movie, which when you put it side by side with like the animated version, like they feel like characters. Yeah. And I mean, that's what you lose. You lose it when you do hand-drawn stuff anyways. I think hand-drawn to 3D, no matter how great the 3D animation looks, there's something lost. Personally, that's how I yeah. do it. So, yeah, I mean, it looks beautiful, but also like how engaged am I going to be when I can't like, because, you know, when you do the animated version, like they have the big eyes mm-hmm. and people are drawn into the eyes and. These are real animal eyes, so they're yeah. like they're still like disconnect like you're at a zoo or something. Mm-hmm. I know it'd be interesting. Yeah. It looks better than Aladdin, so I'm down. <laughs> um, I think that's it for news. I can't think of anything else off the top of my head. Did I miss anything? Yeah, that's good. That's good for this week. All right, cool. <laughs> uh, this is what we've been watching. So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. What'd you watch this week, Brad? Um, well. I should have gotten out my list before you asked me that. Uh, I'll go first. Yeah, you do that. Um, I watched uh, just one Cary Grant movie this week. It's uh, it's an early one. It's called The Amazing Adventure. And its first name was The Amazing Quest of Ernest Bliss. And in it, Cary Grant plays a wealthy guy who doesn't do anything. And his doctor says that you don't appreciate uh, life and I bet you can't live on five quid a week. And if you do, then I'll give you $50,000 if you do that for one year. So Cary Grant says, I'll take you up on that bet. And he's having trouble finding a job. And after a couple of weeks, he finally finds a job at this uh, selling ovens. And the guy takes a chance on him, even though he's never sold anything in his life. And he soon finds out that they're not going to stay in business because he can't sell any of these stoves. And part of the deal is he couldn't, to win the bet, he couldn't use any of the money for himself. So instead, he went back to his bank and he took money out and he bought um, a, like a launch for these stoves. He's like, cook food on these stoves. And some guy comes in and says, well, I'll buy 100 of those stoves from you for wholesale. And then when Cary Grant's about to get his commission check, he refuses it and says, no, I can't do that because he wants to win this $50,000 bet. And so the film follows him as he goes to different, um, I guess, working class jobs where he learns the value of a dollar and how people struggle. And he's, he slowly learns that these people are taking, being taken advantage of by the rich people. And he'll uh, – so he buys like a taxi cab service and um, he fires the mean manager there because he doesn't give a break to the hardworking – hardworking scraps. Louis De Palma, did you fire him? <laughs> and, uh, <clears throat> Too early. And, and he uh, – uh, so he put the one guy in charge who was, you know, the good guy there. And at the end of the film, he doesn't take the money because he, he ended it three days early. And the doctor says, you don't have to pay me either because you learned a lesson that 
you know, money can't buy you everything and treating people right buys you everything. And he ends up marrying the secretary from the oven sales thing. And it's a pretty good movie. Um, I've been, every time I watch an old movie like that, I go back and do research about it. And evidently, I got the DVD, which I got for $2 from Amazon, which, thank God, because it said it was digitally remastered and has maybe the worst transfer I've ever seen of a movie. And I know it's DVD, but, like, the Warner Archive stuff looks great. This was awful. It's Echo Bridge. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. Nope. They're a horrible company. Every once in a while, they get um, horror films like Hellraiser 5. And um, anyway, so they, it says digitally remastered. It looks horrible. But I also found it was 20 minutes longer uh, that's been lost and no one knows where this 20 minutes have gone and watching the film like yeah it seems there'd be weird scenes where Cary Grant was at a party and he was talking to somebody and then it would cut and he was let's say he was at the left of the table it'd like cut and he'd be in the middle of everybody like a guest so he magically moved in so there was a cut there and the camera never changed position except Cary Grant was no longer talking at the left side of the table he was now like on the right side of the table having conversation with somebody else hmm. and then it had random weird cutaways where it'd be uh, like Cary Grant was driving a taxi cab at one point and then it fades away and then it fades back to a different scene in middle conversations it's really bizarre um, so I guess they couldn't find this footage so now it's only 62 minutes long um, still a fun movie it's alright um, I also watched a friend of the podcast uh, Jeffrey Reddick released a new film he has a writer and producer for called the final wish um in it this kid's dad passes away and he goes back to his mom's house his mom's played by lynn shea um and it turns out he's supposed to be some big big shot lawyer guy um which everyone resents him for now and you know it's all right it's it's kind of uh it's kind of violent and um Basically, it deals with a jinn, so a genie who's evil, who wants his soul. And I always thought when someone, like one of those guys takes his soul, what does that even mean? Do you die? You know what I mean? Like, I, I, th- I feel like you could survive without a soul. Exactly. Like, so who cares? Why don't you just be a bad dude? And, um, so he grants wishes, uh, and it follows him as he slowly learns what's going on. It's okay. It's, it picks up about 40 minutes into the movie uh, when they start getting into the mythology and people start dying in horrible ways. Um, but the lead actress in it is so awful that every scene she's in, it really takes you out of the movie because she can't read a line. And so we go, wow, everybody else in the movie is really good. But when she reads a line, it like brings it to a screeching halt. Um, so yeah, if you're looking for a, a movie that's kind of creepy, a little different, I recommend it. Um, it's not his best movie, but it's not really his fault. Um, he's just the writer. He has a small part as a landlord in it, too. It's kind of funny. But I've always liked Jeffrey Reddick because he gave us a, he sat down for an hour interview with us when we were nobodies at Mile High Horror eight years ago. Well, we're still nobodies, but... Oh, we're somebody. <laughs> See all the people that knew us today? Um, so, yeah, that's an all right one. Uh, I watched uh, Crocodile Hunter Collision Course with my little boy. My little boy loves Steve Irwin. He watched a couple of his documentaries that were on Animal Planet. I assume you have, you have that on DVD? A DVD, yeah. Because yeah. um, I saw that. I was like, where did he, where's that streaming? <laughs> yeah, no, it's not streaming anywhere. I, I'd be sweet if they put it on Blu-ray because that transfer, too, isn't very good on the DVD. Um, but the movie's lots of fun. That came out at like, the same time as like the 2002? From Justin DeKelly. Yeah. Like, what was it? Uh, the can- the real Cancun. Oh, yeah. Oh, fuck. <laughs> forgot that movie existed. But, yeah, he uh, it's, a, it's a fun movie because 
so all the stuff, so it's about a satellite, the United States satellite that crashes in the Australian outback and a uh, crocodile eats it. And so the CIA is trying to retrieve it. And it's the, all that stuff with them is shot in widescreen and like slick. And all this stuff with Steve Irwin is shot uh, in four by three. So it looks like a documentary. Um, and they play it where Steve Irwin's playing it straight, but the, uh, all the other side characters are yeah, but are like so. Let's see, so they're looking for this satellite beacon, and Steve Irwin thinks they're poachers, and so he'll he breaks the fourth wall and says the only thing I li- I hate more is poachers, and so he fights the poachers and stuff like that, and uh, has he has a hero theme. It's pretty fun, um, so it's silly, but it's a really fun film. And uh, the last thing I watched was uh, I've been watching Family Guy from the beginning, and you can read about it on our website. It's called uh, Ryan's ultimate freaking sweet review of every episode of family guy and i've been through the first six and there's two articles posted posted right now read about family guy because my wife hates family guy and she always accuses me of buying something and just sitting it on my shelf so lately to get back at her to like my screen factory stuff i decided i'm gonna go back and rewatch everything and she hates family guy so much that this is just like sweet victory for me nice and this is what i watched this week brad while Brad continues to enjoy his burger, remember, you can like us on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook. We'll be at Denver Pop Culture Con. Stop by our booth. We do have some sweet merchandise, T-shirts, and pint glasses that we got today. They look amazing. So great job, Brad, in designing those. And we have a live show there, too. And we'll do a live show there as well. We're going to be celebrating everything that's great about 1989. And uh, what'd you watch this week, Brad? All right. You can finally eat your wings. Uh, this week, a um, couple things. I watched uh, in the theater Blood Lake, which is an Agfa restoration of a really bad movie. <laughs> um, so it starts out pretty good. Like, uh, you know, it, it looks like it's shot on home VHS. Um, and then, you know, there, there's a, this guy who lives at a lake, and then his neighbor, I assume his neighbor, in the opening scene, just stabs him with a really, like, scary knife I'm like sweet this is gonna be awesome and then about the what felt like the next hour and a half is just some teens coming to a lake house that I s- they must own and they they just hang out like all weekend and you're just waiting for something bad to happen and then finally i was like i can't wait anymore i have to go to the bathroom <laughs> and as soon as i came back all the slashing happened <laughs> so um it turns out you didn't miss any of the slashing, huh? You didn't miss any of it when you came back. It started. I missed most of it. Oh, bummer! Like, the 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 slasher, which is a ghost, mm. which uh, actually just a guy in like a cowboy hat walking around, <laughs> um, as they tend to be. Yeah, uh, has killed about half of the the teens, and then ties up the rest of them in the shed, um, and then like he he didn't get one of them, so he shows up in the shed and like fights him and uh, nice. But he's already like stabbed one, like the one girl, and the little kid that's there is just hanging around screaming. Um, and uh, you know the ambulance comes and they usher the girl into it and they drive away. And then the uh, the sheriff, who's also just a dude in like a uh, like a button down shirt and a, nice. in a in a cowboy hat, but no badge. <laughs> <laughs> Uniform standards are high in this yeah. town. Not even tan or black. It's like paisley and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like straight out of the nineties. Um. Yeah, and everyone's a bad actor, 
it almost seems like the filmmaker was like really into filmmaking but he could only get his friends mm. that he knew that you know he normally just hangs out with and they were just happening to be going on vacation <laughs> and he's like i'm gonna tag along to make a movie out of this and so it's just scenes of people stocking the refrigerator for the weekend or sitting on the uh like there's a pier behind the house for the boats everything next to the lake and they're just fishing um and uh you know then they like smoke weed in the house and uh, cool. uh play a drinking game and it's like this the drinking game is one long wide shot of the you know circular <laughs> table and center and everyone around it and uh yeah that goes on that whole conversation sounds like he's a great stager of shots too uh no uh, <laughs> no uh so yeah that was kind of disappointing um yeah and the part that uh before i went away um like two like two of the the like the the friends in the group uh were like out on the pier at night and then that's when the first slashing happened mm. um and the, the one guy um his one friend just immediately sees him and jumps into the lake and starts swimming away and the, his friend just stands there you know kind of paralyzed <laughs> with fear and then <laughs> in this wide shot he's just like it's almost like the director said now fall in the lake and so you see him like <laughs> stage like fake trip and fall to his side yeah and then the slasher just like holds his head down underwater for a bit love it and then it just cuts to him being like already pulled up on the pier and like dead <laughs> uh, with like a knife in his back yeah it's pretty lame <laughs> don't have money to film the death scene but we're gonna imply it happened yeah it's always cut back to uh, <laughs> yeah um and then I watched uh, two Jason, Jason Statham movies. Sweet. Which ones? Cellular? Yep. You watched that one? You oh, watched yeah. all of them. Oh, yeah. I watched all of them. Yeah. That's a product of the early 2000s. Yeah, I watched that one because uh, How Did This Get Made did an uh, uh, you know, episode on it. And hey, Chris Evans, I need to know if you have a cell phone plan. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's pretty funny. And then William H. Macy's character in it is like this. Yep. Cop who's trying to start a spa. <laughs> yeah, it's really um, weird, he's, right? He's, he's he's like sort of like disgruntled. Like he's <laughs> kind of done with being a cop. Like he's a that's right guy. He's he gonna, he's gonna while, retire, yeah. but he's kind of has that attitude of like you know. Yeah. Once I'm done here, I'm gonna go start this spa, and everyone gives him shit about it. <laughs> like, um, like what is it? That's right. You're and does he have pamphlets too? Yeah. Yeah. He's like trying to sell. Them, like this is what I'm gonna do. It's pretty cool. And they're like look at your beauty salon and he gets like all indignant like it's a spa <laughs> um yeah and satan's like you know the, the henchman really uh and kim basinger is trapped in the attic because her, hus- her husband is like part this. of something <laughs> and uh yeah they've kid- they've trapped her kidnapped her kid and that's right chris evans is just happens to be driving by and catches the cell phone signal which mm-hmm. she's using a landline Yep. Hey, the less you think about it, the better. <laughs> it's just like so. It's a ridiculous movie, but in a way, it's fun. See, that's where you know you're talking about Blood League. That sounds boring, but cellular because it's so ridiculous, it's still pretty fun. Yeah. And even like they cap, they capture Statham at the end by making a phone call to his pocket. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Oh fuck. So, uh, movie in a while. And then War is uh, Statham versus Jet Li. Yep. Um, and it has this twist at the end. Was just like, wow, that's so elaborate. <laughs> yep. Um. His partner, who he thought was dead, Got um, face surgery, <laughs> changed his face, changed his voice, <laughs> and then went through. So, so anyway, like yeah, they Jason Statham and Jet Li, or some other character, were <laughs> cop buddy, like partners. Uh, Jason Statham's buddy gets murdered by the yakuza, mm-hmm. or so he thinks. And then uh, he Heart vows vengeance. Number one, <laughs> steady yeah. hand. 
Satan vows vengeance. He spends <laughs> like he dissolves his marriage, um, ruins his life trying to track down these guys. Which is weird because by the end of the movie, you find out that he was in on the murder. <laughs> yeah, and he's the bad guy. <laughs> Whoa! Spoilers. <laughs> and then he tries to save his partner from getting assassinated, and then it, like it's like the weirdest staged. Like, yeah, did he get shot? It, uh, I don't know. Um, it's a weird movie. Everything leading up to that is just like scene after scene of just like yakuza gang violence just people killing each other um so it felt so long oh and then i also forgot to uh, write on here i watched law-abiding citizen which Robert butler and um uh jamie fox oh that's right yeah <laughs> and that movie's so ridiculous too that was also how this game made one um so Gerard butler's family gets murdered by just two kind of thug guys mm-hmm. um and they get caught and sentenced to uh, prison. Um, I, I was working, so I wasn't paying too close attention. But basically, like he's upset because justice isn't served. Like they don't. One guy does get the penal- death penalty, but the other one goes free. Mm-hmm. And so, after some time passes, you know, he starts to go on a vigilante rampage. So, um, the guy who's on death row somehow he was able to switch the formula um, for for the, the illegal, illegal injection. injection. So it's, like, really, like, painful and violent for him. And then he kidnaps... He tracks down and kidnaps the other guy by pretending to be a police officer by knocking out a police officer and stealing his cop car. Yeah, and then he kidnaps his accomplice and then murders him, like, in a Saw-style fashion where he, like, paralyzes him and then dismembers him um, and, like, holds a mirror over him so he can see himself getting dismembered. You spent your whole life killing people. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) And then... uh. Finally, Gerard Butler does get caught for doing that. And then it was on purpose because he's orchestrating everything from inside the prison somehow. And then Jamie Foxx has to spend like the rest of the movie trying not to get other people killed. Um, and then, So Gerard Butler's the bad guy. Yeah. Um, and you eventually find out, and here's like the most ridiculous thing, is like he's the... <laughs> He's a criminal who actually tunneled into prison because that's how he's been doing all this is by sneaking out through his cell because he's already like tunneled under the prison. <laughs> oh. And he has a where he owns the warehouse next door to the prison, <laughs> which has all of his like saw style contraptions and things. Um, so he just randomly showed up in a cell and the guy's like, OK, new guy. Uh, he tunneled under all the cells. So like no matter where they put him, he was like ready to go. Wow. Even solitary. Wow. Really elaborate. And Super a, elaborate. A lot to do in like a year. <laughs> yeah. Good for him. <laughs> like the tunnel is even like minecart sized, you know? <laughs> How did he not hit any pipes or. <laughs> or anyone heard it or, yeah. you know, did it all himself. Um, so, yeah. And like all the. Pretty much the whole movie is just like dialogue about. It feels like the writer has like. A very specific ideology about how the criminal justice system mm-hmm. works and it's a bit unrealistic. Uh, but he's trying to take it down. That's what this whole thing is. He's trying to take down the system. So, and then the last thing I watched was um, the uh, original Hellboy. Um, I watched the Golden Army. I think last year, first, and then um, this one was I like it. Um, I'll, I'll talk about it later. Is uh, I found this one like the production design really creative, um, even though the story is just kind of like, well, there's this evil version of Rast. Well, like, there's just Rasputin. And uh, he just kind of wants to take over the world, and then Hellboy's a part of it. So uh, all the creature effects are cool, but there's some CGI that's pretty outdated. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's all I watched this week. Cool. This week on Real Nerds Podcast, we saw Hellboy. Brad, should people see Hellboy? I don't know. Um, <laughs> obviously, earlier, I, 
I said I, I, I watched uh, Guillermo del Toro's Hellboy for the first time. Mm-hmm. And I found that one to be, like, production design-wise, more imaginative and creative. Um, I feel like, uh, what's his name, does a good job as Hellboy. David um, Harbour? David Harbour. Um, so he's entertaining, but, like, overall, the effects, some of the effects are pretty bad. And uh, the story was kind of almost too much mm-hmm. all at once. So I was constantly like, oh, we're going here now? We're going there now? So I think if you're a fan of it, I've never read the comics either, so I don't know if it's the correct tone. Uh, but I felt like the Guillermo del Toro one felt more like a comic book movie. And this mm-hmm. one just kind of feels like they're just trying to put everything, like throwing everything at a wall and tr- hoping it works. So, yeah. you know, I, I think if you're a fan, it's worth going to see. But if you're a casual person, you'll probably be like put off like I am. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. There's some really fun moments in it. I think the violence is really cool. Yeah, uh, that's right. Um, cool. And the director's really fun. It's Neil Marshall, so he did Dog Soldiers and The Descent. Uh, so he knows he knows how to do like horror. And yeah, it just seems that there's a lot of him going from place to place, getting exposition told to him, and then him fighting some monster. So it's a it's really story heavy, but it's told in a way where it's just. Oh, here's where you are now. We're at the Temple of Osiris or whatever, the Osiris guys. And then he has to fight giants after they tell him what he's doing. So it's it's really... Yeah, it's, it's all right. Rent it. <laughs> here's a trailer for Hellboy. On an island off the coast of Scotland, something was summoned from the depths of hell. Something that would end mankind. This uh, thing you worried about, did it show up? Oh, yes. You did. We face every threat there is, and yet you take me in. Hello, son. Made me a goddamn weapon. Where's my fucking violin? Listen up, ladies and gentlemen. Out there, there's a fifth-century sorceress who wants to bring down the curtain on London and the world. Great homework. Why do you fight for those who hate and fear you? You were meant for this. Out of the ashes, new Eden will emerge. Okay, I'd appreciate a prophecy with more relatable stakes. Haven't we got to be saving the world or something? Yeah, okay, come on. Let's get your game face on. Yeah, come on, let's do this. I'm a Capricorn and you're fucking nuts! Uh, Hellboy opens with an exposition scene. We're telling about the Blood Queen, uh, Mia Hovich. 
and that's the, not the only expedi- exposition. It feels like there's a bunch of different stories mm-hmm. being told by different characters. Yeah. Almost like they're vignettes in a comic book. Because even they have, like, scenes where uh, the one lady can talk to dead people, and then the dead people give exposition about what's happening. And that those effects were horrible. Ugh. They looked straight out of Ghostbusters 2, where you forgive Ghostbusters 2 because it's from that time, but you don't forgive a movie from 2019. No, that effect is very similar to actually... And the other Hellboy I watched where, you know, like his hand is CGI at mm-hmm. times you can tell. and uh, Which is weird because there's so many, uh, many other great practical effects. Like yeah. The, like the, the pig man. Oh, I thought the pig man was awesome. Yeah. Like that was great. But they obviously blew out the budget on that. So, But then they, you know, he was really cool at the beginning. Then they made him super big. And then he looked super CG. And then, spoilers, when um, Daniel Day Kim's character turned into a were-jaguar, his CGI was awful. Um, but in it, and it, Hellboy's just trying to stop the end of the world, and he realizes that he is the reason there's the end of the world. So, and that's the other thing that, like, com- is, has the Arthurian legend always been combined with Hellboy? I have no idea because that wasn't in the other movies. I have read a Lobster Johnson comic. That was fun. Yeah, so Lobster Johnson is cool. That movie. <laughs> yeah, I want to see a Lobster Johnson <laughs> movie for sure. The Sandman. Yeah, and and Thomas Hayden Church knows exactly what kind of character he's playing, so it's pretty awesome. Yeah, they kind of tell his origin again. Um, Ian McShane is always good, but he's really just given exposition again. Yeah. Um, and also, like, I was sitting there, like, halfway through the movie being like, they're telling the origin story again, which doesn't need, to, like, it's so little of the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, why do, it, why do it at all? Especially when it's told halfway through the movie. Yeah. And then, like, you've got this whole other plot. Like, why couldn't it have just been, like, a third Hellboy movie? Yeah. Like... Agreed. Could have been the same universe. This could have been a sequel. But yeah, I really like the pig man in it. Um, and I, I, I like that he was uh, replaced by fairies. <laughs> and he was a little pig monster at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And he's just pissed because he had a chance to be in a real family and he's not anymore. Um, but yeah, it was, it was interesting. Yeah. In the Osiris Club, like that was generally surpri- genuinely surprising. Yeah. But also, like, I'm not sure what it... But wh- I don't know why they're turning on him. It didn't make any sense. Or why like, why do we need a scene, yeah, of him, him being double-crossed and then mm-hmm. fighting giants? Because it doesn't really yeah, because, connect with Mila Jovovich, Jovovich's story. Yeah, because, too, they, they're taking him there... Because, obviously, the giants are still a threat. But they let him on a ruse to kill him. But then the giants are still around and they end up killing all the Osiris guys. It was really bizarre. But, I mean, Mila Jovovich looks great. I mean, how old is she now? Like 40-something? She still looks like she's 20-something. She looks great. And, you know, she really has nothing to do in it. She just says things. Yeah. But her death at the beginning is awesome. Yeah. Where she gets chopped into pieces. Um, Yeah, the the violence and gore is pretty sweet because it's really over the top. Yeah, especially the finale when the giant, like, the other, like, monster giants Mm -hmm. are just, like, they're, like, stepping on people. And And they use them as skewers and stuff. It's pretty sweet. (laughs) And the, and those monsters are really creative, you know. The there's that one that was like split all the way down was really cool, um, and then I guess just because Hellboy grabbed it, then they can run free. But when he does, when he decides to kill the Blood Queen, then they just go away. They're like okay, not yeah. this time. Also, like that one knocks over London Bridge. Yeah, and like you know when he fixes everything, the streets get repaired, mm-hmm. like the portals to hell. So I'm like, did the London Bridge go like back together after that? Yeah. Like, how does that work? Do the people who are killed just magically show back up? And they're like, oh, that was weird. Oh, and there's another deviation, the whole Baba Yaga stuff. Mm-hmm. 
like it's just it just serves so that he has a like explanation of why he knows where she's going to be at. Yeah. Like that but could he just could be have, in the books or something. But he could have put that to, he could have just asked his dad. Yeah. Obviously his dad knew, but I mean the character design was sweet in that like yeah, her, the effect of that was good, yeah. Yeah. So that part was really cool. But she only wanted his eye. It didn't make any sense. Yeah. It but, was like just extra stuff. Yeah. It seemed padded. I but, guess because of the end it's going to feed into a sequel. Yeah, it, it seems padded, but also a lot's missing from it. Because they even have that scene where they go to get Merlin, and the witch oh. who turned on her first is talking over everything. But if you watch Hellboy and uh, his comrades, they're still having dialogue. So it's almost like, oh, we need to put this in here to tell people what's going on because we're going to trim this scene down tons. Um, yeah, they probably changed their dialogue in the edit, and mm-hmm. they didn't like record it very well. To I mean, if, you, if you've been reading online, there's a big thing about how they had lots of problems in this production. Yeah, I didn't, yeah. So, um, And then also it was weird uh, when he does meet like the girl who can talk to dead people. Uh, they, you know, it's, it's a funny gag where she's got the shotgun under the counter for mm-hmm. him, but then they get under the counter, and then you know the room gets invaded, and it's just his dad. Like, mm-hmm. why did they storm that place? They know she lives there. Yeah, just really weird. And yeah, like Daniel Day Kim's like Jaguar Man looked horrible. But I mean, I thought that some of the action was shot really cool when he was fighting the the giants. It never cut. I mean, obviously there's cuts there, but they shot made it look like it was just one long take. Yeah. And then at the end, when they go to Chernobyl or something, um, when they're doing a kickstart my heart, it was pretty fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, I wish I had more than that. Because a lot of the fights would start with... Just the most generic heavy metal music ever. <laughs> yeah, we get it. He's bad. So, yeah. So, yeah. That's where I'm at with that one. <laughs> I'm trying to think of something that's really stuck out that's really bad, but it just exists for me. Yeah, like I said, there's just too much going on yeah. for me to keep track of. It's a rental. I don't think it's horrible. Yeah. I don't think it's as horrible as people are saying it is, but I don't, it's definitely not good. Yeah, there's some cool stuff in it, but overall, it's just it seems messy. Yeah, it seems like there's like another hour <laughs> that's missing from this film, yeah. and it's already super like fat loaded. Yeah. yeah. So, what are we seeing next week? Um, I don't know. I was either thinking um, the missing link or pet cemetery. Yeah, James is like all about missing link. So yeah, so probably missing link. I know uh, Bree's been talking about getting on the show, so I'll see what he wants to see. Oh, good. I haven't seen him in a while. Yeah, well, he also wanted to do a Jason Takes Manhattan commentary, Ooh. which I think would be really fun. Nice. Uh, so yeah, so I'll talk to Bree and see if he wants to show up, and then we'll let him pick the film. But I guess right now we'll say missing link and okay. um, pet or pet cemetery or pet cemetery. Like I said, it's week before Avengers so they're not really putting anything out yeah um, or we can see Breakthrough <laughs> God with your Holy Spirit save my son I forgot I have advanced tickets to that <laughs> do you really no <laughs> I always laugh at the part where um, there's like the firefighter who saved him he said I could feel a voice telling me he's down there and his old wise lieutenant says that's a voice of God son well I don't believe in God <laughs> God's like oh my god why do they? It's cool if you want to have religious movies, but why do they make them so? They pander so much to the people. You know what I mean? Just rallying up your fan base, I guess. I guess. Um, Marish. What's Topher Grace doing in it? Paycheck. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, till next week. Bye.
Thank you for listening to this episode of Real Nerds Podcast. Real Nerds Podcast is a production of Neighborless Visions Multimedia. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill and Plan 9 Studios for our kick-ass theme song. Also, if you're in the Denver area and you're looking for a cool place to see movies, we see them at the Alamo Draft House in Littleton and now also in Sloan's Lake. Thank you to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics for supplying us with all our comic needs, especially you, Andrew. You know who you are. And a big shout out to James's mom. I'm giving you an electronic hug that you can feel through the airwaves. Thanks for listening and have a nice day.